Marcus, 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 how you doing? I'm good. Just good? That's okay. Yeah. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America Cinema Podcast, episode 136, uh, recording live from Quarantine World. If you're listening currently, we are in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. If you are listening from the future, and I hope there is a future, welcome. Um, so, Marcus and I both wrote some articles for Marcus's website, Pinland Empire, at the end of last year to talk about movies that we liked in the first, the second decade of the millennium. The tens, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we both wrote articles. I, they were really awesome. We took we took a format that was different than how a lot of other people do it because other people are like the top ten or the most underrated or yada yada. But and like number just, them, and it's like yo, know, ten years is a lot of movies. Right. Even if let's just say you're super picky, there's still a nice chunk of movies for like a whole decade. Yeah. So it's like it's hard to like rank. I mean, things have emotional stuff. Things have 10 years is a long time. So depending on your age or your work life, 10 years can make like a movie have nostalgic uh, stuff yeah. attached to it. So, so there's a lot going on. So yeah, so that's the, the, the format that, that we went by, which as you continue to listen to this episode, yeah, like I, I feel like it's fair to kind of like break it down into categories and this and not necessarily have like one through 50. One through, I mean, I think like both of our lists... It's not. It's like you know, fifty nine movies or seventy movies. It's not like a. It's not that like rigid like ten, twenty five, fifty. It, it's kind of like a weird number of movies, which I think speaks best to a decade. I think it shows the decade yeah. respect by not like hurrying stuff up and being like ten movies. Right, and the the thing about these lists or articles or books is that. If you care about someone's opinion, and anyone that cares about our opinions, that's awesome. It's a privilege. We're so happy that you feel that way. But, you know, it's just like an idea of, like, you might see something on this list and be like, oh, I've been thinking about this movie, uh, but I haven't heard enough about it. Or, you know, this is just inspiration to watch more movies. Right. So, So why should we be beholden to rules? Fuck rules. I mean... Aside from, you know, like I can with confidence say that the best movie of the last decade was Zama. But I can't, that also might change. And, and that's like the only movie I'm confident saying is that. But that's also because it's just one of the finest films ever made. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so can, should I just, in, should I just introduce what the categories are? Yeah, please. Okay. So there's the top tier, which is self-explanatory. Th- these are our absolute favorite movies. These are movies that also we believe that other people could agree on to a certain extent. Then there's, uh, misunderstood, underappreciated. Mm-hmm. The and or and the parentheses that Marcus added was 
movies I feel I have a lot of explaining to do. Then there's movies I feel I have minor explaining to do. Then there's On the Fence. Then there's Very Conflicted. There, there's Eh, Why Not. There's Very Undecided but Deserve to be Mentioned. And then Too Early but Deserve to be Mentioned. Yep. And because uh, some of the things that was like things that were on my list for too early, which I'm, I think let's start here, right? Yeah. Oh, is, I, you know, yeah. I was going to, I thought we were going to go from the top to, but it actually makes sense to do but too I, early. But because... I think, I think we should start here and then go back to the top yeah. because. I don't know why I didn't think of that. It makes perfect sense. Because there, because there's movies here that I'm ready to put on the top tier list or I'm close. One of them I am, um, and I think you actually you actually said it, but uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. So on my too early but deserve to be mentioned list was the souvenir, Zama, High Life, the fanatic, Elephant Sitting Still, and Atlantiques. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm I am i am pretty close to saying that the souvenir and Zama are are on top tier status for me for the decade oh wow i'm still um yeah well let me uh, so my list of you know too soon is zama a hidden life high life and shoplifters um and oh sorry because i updated and and uh elephant sitting still and for me of those movies that would be bumped up would be zama it's like i think I don't know why it took me so long because that movie really is a masterpiece. That's a term that gets thrown around too easily. But of the five movies that I just mentioned, Zama definitely would be bumped up to another category. Probably top tier, honestly, for me. Yeah. No, I mean, I think all of those except for The Fanatic are top tier movies. Mm -hmm. My my obsession with The Fanatic has waned. So. Sure. But An Elephant Sitting Still by Hubo is... A movie that I really want. We could do a whole episode about. Yeah, we could. And also the fact that it was Hubo's only feature film. Mm-hmm. It becomes like this. It becomes particularly bittersweet. Yeah. So, Elephant Sitting Still is definitely a top movie. Um, Atlantiques, you know, by. Uh, Madi Madi Diop, correct. Is, we've talked a lot about you know uh, a lyrical ghost story. Um, uh, the fanatic Fred Durst's movie about you know fandom gone wrong and yeah Zama by Lucretia Martel, which you know if you listen to our podcast, we've consistently talked about how good that movie is, and I don't. I don't see us not talking about how good that movie is. Sure. And The Souvenir, uh, you guys know that The Souvenir by Joanna Hogg kicked the crap out of my heart, and I've still been thinking about it. And is High Life anywhere on your list? It still stays on the too soon, but deserve to be mentioned. I think the thing, I'm having this thing now, the older I get, Movies that, like, I really love, it's like I only want to see once. So it's so that's kind of the, the, the predicament. I guess I need to rewatch. I haven't watched High Life in two years. Um, 
Although I, I, wow, like almost to the day because the Toronto Film Fest is starting. Um, I need to, I should probably get on that just for the sake of like, I know it's really good, but like how great is it? So I guess I should rewatch that. That and um, and our time. Our time is will be nowhere on this on this my list, but it's something that. I revisited some scenes recently to make some comparisons, and then I was like, oh, man, I forgot how awesome this movie is, so I think I have to rewatch that again also. Yeah, Our our Time is an excellent movie, and but it's not, for, it's not on my list. Mm-hmm. And uh, unlike you, I don't like to watch movies a lot that I love. I sort of... I sort of am like, I love this movie, that's enough for me. And I only occasionally revisit. Though Saskia had never seen Two Lovers, and she knows that it's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. So we rewatched that recently. And yeah. it's more messed up than I remember it. I'll, I'll say that. But it, it's still a brilliant film. And um, some point this year... The souvenir two is supposed to come out, but I wonder if that if that's going to happen. I I mean, just based on like literally all indications, the fact that it's like almost nothing has been said about it outside of like searching for like you know little internet blurbs. I'm pretty sure it's going to be 2021, and yeah. who knows where when in 2021. Okay, so are you ready to go to the Top tier. <clears throat> oh, I thought we were like literally working backwards, like Aunt Why Not is next, and then oh, like, very conf- oh. I thought that's what you meant. Because technically, oh, that yeah. is an order because we go from like, I'm using air quotes, the bottom to the top. I, I thought that's what you meant. Oh, oh, that's a great idea. So, yeah. shall we, shall, so shall we go to the very undecided but deserve to be mentioned films? Yeah, yeah. Um, would you like to start? Yeah, I'm gonna, so let me, so Before Midnight, uh, A Touch of Sin, Stories We Tell, and 12 Years a Slave. And 12 Years a Slave is that is that kind of movie I was talking about where, you know, at this point that movie is like seven years old, a little older than seven years, and even right. though it's still a phenomenal like achievement and all that other nice stuff you're supposed to say, no one kind of foresaw at that time in the same way that like a get out now is to like kind of woke socially conscious horror 12 years a slave kind of offshot that you know they had then after that we had like harry and the underground railroad show like there was kind of an influx of slave movies following 12 years a slave so while that still doesn't affect how good 12 years a slave is even though i do have some criticisms of that movie it's still kind of like oh when I first saw that in the theater, like over seven years ago, I'm not as excited about it now. And also, and, given like you and him to make kind of, I think the, the the episode you know that we did on widows, it kind of had me rethink a lot about Steve McQueen, and now it's uh, he's just his 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 position is just kind of in, in in limbo as far as where I go with like modern directors. So right, and would you would you mind saying the list one more time? Sure. I have Before Midnight, A Touch of Sin, Stories We Tell, and 12 Years a Slave. So it's really funny to me that Stories We Tell, which when it came out was your favorite film of the year that it came out in, is is 
is not no longer retains the top tier status. It, no, it, it was never in top tier. It's that it's honestly stories we tell is in that category, partially because again, this is another movie that's like seven years. I think it was the same year as Twelve Years a Slave. It's another movie that like over time I still love it, but I do any single time I bring this movie up to people. The most is like, you yeah, know, it's, it's good. Like, I don't get the same reaction from anyone that it's is great. So I feel like this has to be a personal thing with me. So I'm not going to, like, push my personal stuff, super personal stuff. I think that maybe it's me. I'm not going to say I'm delusional, but I think I maybe I'm the only one that loves it as much as everyone else does. And maybe there's something I'm not seeing. So that's why I held it off yeah. a higher cat category. I still love this movie just as much then as I do now. But, you know. And b- Before Midnight is the third film in Richard Linklater's Before series? Correct. I really hope... I don't think so, but I don't think they're doing this, but I really hope they continue making Before movies. They're gonna... I, I thought that was always the plan. I mean, given, like, Boyhood and... It, like, I, I'm sure he will. I mean, there's there's rumors that he's working on a a film uh, there's a Stephen Sondheim musical that takes place over the course of like 20 or 30 years Hmm. and there's rumors that he's working on that and gonna take 20 or 30 years to do it but you know I don't I don't want that to become his thing yeah what I like about Richard Linklater even though I don't like his movies that much is that he just like makes a lot of movies and his thing is that he tries things and is known for a lot of things absolutely him and him and him and steven soderbergh are like first i was cousins. about to say i was about to say like steven soderbergh oh, yeah you know or like or like uh prince paul you know yeah, they yeah. have they're talented and also are known for lots of things they don't have like a signature thing yep so there's that and the before trilogy is is heartbreaking because apparently richard linkletter made the first movie about a woman that he had met that he had a similar experience with Mm -hmm. and was hoping that putting out the movie would would be a beacon for her to find him and he found out that she had passed away. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh man. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's it's fucked up. So yeah, so very undecided movies on my end. Mm-hmm. We have Akaj by Kati Gonzalez, who we had on the show, mm-hmm. which is a very raw story about LGBTQ plus youth in New York City I think it's a I think it's a very interesting film and uses styles that I wasn't used to Mm -hmm. and I know it's a movie that you enjoyed I liked it and then there's uh, Don't Worry He Won't Get Far on Foot Mm. which I call which I call Gus Van Zandt's Forrest Gump (laughs) it's it's him playing with the space of a supposedly inspirational true story but it's so dark 
and so Gus Van Zanti that it just becomes a really great film. I don't know if I ever got you to watch it. Did I ever end up getting you to see it? Yeah, I mean, I was always going to. I mean, Gus Van Zandt is kind of my guy, but he just, you know, in a similar vein to like, um, you were just mentioning, you know, like, like Linklater or Soderbergh, he's another guy that just tries out a lot of rent. Not, not as frequently, but on a regular basis, he'll try out random stuff, and sometimes it's like, what are you doing? Because unlike... Link Ladder and, and, and Soderbergh, I think Gus Van Zandt has like more and a nice handful of actual like great movies, dare I say masterpieces. So when there's certain other things that he does that are just like, I get it, you were just kind of in your own way experimenting, but it's just like, why waste it? Like you're clearly an amazing filmmaker. Why make such and such? I'm not going to name names. I don't want to, you know, but still. And you didn't feel that, don't worry, no. he won't, you didn't, you didn't, didn't care for it. No, not really. It's not like it was bad. It just wasn't my, it wasn't my thing. That's fair. Well, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, well, he, he, he did a good job. And, and it's also interesting too. That was, that was kind of a passion project between Van Zant and Robin Williams after, um, post Goodwill Hunting that they were going to do together, but it just kind of fell through. But yeah. Yeah. Okay, I understand. And, okay, also, for some reason this got, this didn't make it to the article that I wrote, but I really did like this strange movie called Soldier Boy the Movie. And it's, it's a documentary about Soldier Boy. Oh. And it's, it's just about Soldier Boy, like, on his come up, mm -hmm. and his friends, and... It's surprisingly good. Okay. And I recommend people watch it. I don't... When I, when I watched it, I was able to find it on YouTube. I don't know if it's on YouTube. But I dare any of you music lovers, especially if you think that you're like a pretentious music lover, watch this movie and tell me it's not great. Mm. Because I was really surprised. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Because, you know, Soldier Boy, not everyone's favorite rapper. Definitely you not. Know. Soldier Boy is a, strange, is a strange phenomenon because he inspired a lot. He is a very influential rapper in a strange way. He is. He also know, brings up that argument <clears throat> that I have with people all the time. I'm like, hey, being influential is sometimes just kind of factual. It has nothing to do if you like the person's output or not. It's just like, it is what it is. I'm not a biggest, I'm not the biggest Quentin Tarantino fan, but in a certain sector, a certain time period of film, he was, he, he has been quite influential. It just, it is what it is. And when it comes to hip hop, everyone, everyone who listens to hip hop loves to argue and debate. And Soldier Boy has always been, I just keep quiet now. Cause I'd be like, no, so Soldier Boy did start a wave. He influenced a lot of people and then people, oh, you like Soldier Boy? It's like, I didn't say that. That has nothing, that has nothing to do with liking anybody. It just, it is what it is. It is, it is naive and lazy to not give people props cause you don't like them. Yeah. You know, just be like, 
Yeah, that's not that's not how it's supposed to work. In a per, I, yeah, it's one this, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I wish in, in, in a perfect world. This also, it, you know, I think this explains why. For those of you, I mean, Scott, yourself, and, and anyone who's been listening, part of this is is a big reason why I can be so long winded, or I can be very like preface based, because it's like I'm not saying this, so before you hear me say this, understand that I mean this, because unfortunately, people. You know, we'll just cherry pick literal words from your whatnot and then make their own sentence to get mad about. And I'm, I'm just, you know, it's nothing new. I think people have been doing that since the beginning of time, but it right. just feels like maybe now more than ever, these last maybe five to ten years, it's just gotten worse. And also, like, I, it's also, like, I think important for me to say, too, because sometimes people will think that, like, like me saying I dislike a lot of Quentin Tarantino movies and people are like, Oh, you're just a hater. I'm like, I'm not saying he's not talented and I'm not, and I'm not saying that he's not influential. If I, if I said that Quentin Tarantino wasn't an influential filmmaker, that then I would be delusional. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he clearly is. I just don't like it. And Soldier Boy being incredibly influential to basically like SoundCloud rap and mumble rap and and like hipster trap owe a lot to him. Yeah. That doesn't and that's not even me saying I like any of that music because for the most part it's not really for me. Yeah. You know, I I prefer different rap. There was you know? a there was a period for a second where he was he was uh, getting a lot of production from Clams Casino. Yeah, that's what well, I'm not saying. a lot, a few. He was getting he no, got but, a few beats, and I was like, oh, I like oh, I like this combination. I like Soldier Boy. But the over, thing is, people uh, don't people don't realize that Clams Casino started people started hearing him because he was making beats for him for Lil B. Yeah, like a lot of the big Clams Casino songs came from beats for Lil B. Yeah. His yeah, beat did. for his beat for Lil B on God. Yeah. He's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So freaking good. Yeah. And uh and Clams Casino then went on to to work with ASAP Rocky and yeah. a lot of other big yeah. people. But I but I think as just an instrumental musician, I think he's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's going back to, this is something I know you can relate to, too. I mean, we did an episode on it. Like, a guy like Jordan Peterson, who the more I, like, I listen to so many interviews and read about him, it's just like, yeah, I don't like this guy, but I'm never going to call him dumb. Like, like when people who right. don't like, like, I, there's a lot of terrible, like, terrible people who are smart, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I'm fascinated how someone so smart can use, at this point, use his intelligence Essentially for trolling and just out of boredom. Like he's Jordan Peterson is a classic example. Clams Casino. Yes. Um, I'm I'm confused. I said Jordan Peterson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because we did an episode. He's a perfect example of someone who like, you know exactly what you're doing. You're fucking with people, but I'm not going to call you dumb at the same time because you're you're quite smart. You know what you're doing. Yeah, and that he and there's there, and there's a lot of pe- pe- people like that who are just like, I really don't like you, but you know, I'm not gonna call you an idiot because I think idiots the knee jerk reaction when you don't like, oh, you're an idiot. It's like not necessarily. 
He's a yeah. piece of shit. And you can call someone a piece of shit, but they, they can still be smart, you know? Right. And I think, I truly believe that if you give people enough space, they'll prove themselves. And I uh, just want to say, yeah, like Clams Casino, he's awesome. He, he's done some music with, you know, Lil B, ASAP yeah. Rocky, Vince Staples, uh, Joe G, Mac Miller. Like, yeah. He does yeah, work. Yeah, Mac. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Mac Miller is a is someone that I, you know, we talk about a lot because I was impressed with him because when he came out, people were like, he's not that good. And then he took that to heart and then got better. Yeah. And his last album, which was posthumously released and like uh, polished by the producer John Bryan, shows a tremendous talent and potential. And the, the interesting thing about Jordan Peterson is that sometimes if you just give someone, I don't like the term enough rope, you know, but um, when was the last time you heard him? Yeah. I don't know. He kind of just fell into obscurity. Like yeah. people, like the more people unpacked what he was saying, the more that it crumbled, the less people cared. So I don't have to tell people like, don't like Jordan Peterson. Cause I, cause you know, people will make that decision if that's their decision, um, if they want to. And then I, you know, us us saying us reviewing that movie doesn't mean we like Jordan Peterson. It means that we like the First Amendment and we like reviewing movies yeah. and then making decisions for ourselves. Yep. Um, and then, yeah. So that was that. And then, Person to Person by Dustin Guy DeFay, mm. who who also co-wrote. Um, that movie that you with uh, the mountain, Mike Alverson, the mountain, the mountain, the mountain. yeah. Oh, I thought you were um, being. I thought you was calling it like that movie. I thought you were. Doing no, um, my 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 memory today is extra off, and you know that I sometimes have memory stuff. So, sure. although shout today, out to Mike Alverson, he'll, he'll he'll be coming up later on in this show quite a bit, but not anytime soon. Just wanted to throw that out there. On my end, was, at least. Was was entertainment in this decade? A thousand percent, and the comedy. But let's not jump ahead because those are way ahead. Okay, yeah. So you might want to. Pers- might have to edit. Yeah, I feel like you're gonna edit your your list. Uh, no. Wait, didn't you? No, I thought you had. Hold on. I'm sorry. We're all over. The place. I don't I thought know. You had that. I think you did. I don't remember. I haven't. I'm. I'm trying to come at this loose. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So. Person to Person by Dustin Guy DeFay is like an anthology film. It's, it co-stars my dear friend Benny Cooper Smith as an album, as a record store owner. And he actually does own a record store. So it's just a great movie. It's not a great movie. It's a good movie. It's a sweet movie. I enjoyed it. It's nice to see New York shot on film. Mm-hmm. And you know it's worth it's worth watching. And then also I had here uh, the Sweet Blood of Jesus by Spike Lee. Oh wow! Spike. Well, yeah, I thought Spike Lee's remake of Ganja and Hess, which was a was a film directed by someone who may or may not be on this list later, mm. uh, 
didn't get enough love and I think it's another one of those movies that people didn't see and decided they didn't like it without seeing it. Yep. Perfectly said. Because, I, yeah, I just think it's a good movie. So I think that's Same. my... I think that's my undecided list. Then there's, eh, why not? Yeah. This one's, this one's a little longer. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, I had Glass, the the final... The final movie in M. Night Shyamalan's trilogy of, of heroes and villains. Because while I do think it was not a great movie, it was nice to see a superhero movie that was like, fuck it, let's try something different, let's do something not what you expect. And in his own way, he did his little Avengers Endgame, kinda, you know? He brought yeah. together, there was like, you know, a few other past movies and then, you know, he made this. So it's kind of like his own little mini Avengers Assembled deal. Yes, and, and that's something I really thought was cool. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a very good movie. I'm just saying I enjoyed it. Sure. And when people are like, oh, what's a superhero movie I should watch? I'm tired of, of regular superhero movies. I'm like, well, Glass is weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, another uh, why not is Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Because it was another movie that I was like, oh, this is fun. But I haven't thought about it much since I saw it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sing Street was a cute musical. Mm. I don't know if you saw that one. I haven't, no. Well, it's, it's, a, it's the director that did Once... Oh, sure. And it's about these kids that start a band in the 80s in the in the UK. Oh, yeah. I never saw it, but I know the movie you're talking about. Not in the UK, in Dublin. Sorry. I, yeah, yeah. Because I think he's Irish. He's an Irish filmmaker. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, very, I'm very sorry for saying the UK. I know that that's a sensitive thing. Sure. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was, it was really, it was a really fun movie. It was very sweet. What's on your uh, What's on your uh, why not list? All right, I got the killing of a sacred deer. Uh, and Fuck then, you. And then second, which is kind of <laughs> damn. Second, which is funny. It's um, my second movie is directed by the director of your second movie. I have Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, we are the best. Oh, hey, you, you like that movie? Uh, a lot of people do. I don't know. I don't know a single person who dislikes that movie. That's one of my one hundred percent. Return, uh, like when I recommend a movie, I don't know anyone who dislikes that movie. I've never had a a bad return on that. Yeah, it's a, it's cute. It's a Very, cute movie. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, so yeah, Humphrey Little People. We are the best. Uh, the Deep Blue Sea. Oh yeah, we are the blessed. We are the best. Is cute, especially that would be a, that would make a great double feature. We are the best in Sing Street. Yeah, or I like to. I would like to put it with uh, the ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains, the the girl rock group movie. Um, sure. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, we are the best. Deep Blue Sea, A Separation, The Great Beauty, John Wick, which is the epitome of eh, why not? The Wind Rises and Patterson, which I still feel like Patterson needs to be bumped up, but for now Patterson is on the eh, why not? Yeah. See, Patterson is. Is it 
is higher on my list. Yeah. Fair enough. That's I mean, I'll good. I, I Good. Good. And, but I, yeah, I feel like my very conflicted, probably don't deserve to be on this list anyway list is very, is, could have also been the eh, why not list. Mm. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Under the Silver Lake. Okay. Which is a movie that I liked more than you did. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, the final film in the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's a movie that captures Gotham City really well and Mm. is not without its flaws. Mm Mm-hmm. But I still like it. Yeah. Then there's Batman versus Superman the Snyder Cut. Okay. Now Interesting. I mean I'm not I actually kinda I, I like that I mean I like that movie, so it's nice that someone has shown it some love, you know? Well yeah, I just think like it's a movie that if you are a fan of Superman, it's not like Zack Snyder did not present Superman in a way that Superman fans would like. Yeah. He's he's a much so in in the Superman comics he's he's lawful good. He mm-hmm. would maybe break the law in the interest of good, but it would be hard for him to do. He's just like a good dude. He's he's like a guy who's raised by kind parents to be a decent guy and in in the in the DC extended universe that's not how superman is presented at all yeah and so if you can get past that or the fact that the batman in this universe definitely kills people which is also something that is not how people write batman mm-hmm. you can just sort of be like, ah, oh, this is this maximalist storytelling and I can just get lost in it. And so like as a as a piece of pop art, it's great. Yeah. As a yes. Pop, yeah. Yes. Yes. I just also want to say as a piece of pop art, uh Pacific Rim is, is a lot of fun too. I, I think I should man, you know, it's God. Even I even wrote about that movie on my site years ago when I first saw it, and it's still muggy because I mentioned this on the show a long time ago. I went and saw that in the theater, and I just remember feeling like I was in the daze because, like, as I was on the train to go to the theater, the uh, news about uh, um, George Zimmerman's verdict came in, and I was just like, this motherfucker. So that was kind of... And I remember the theater was so lively. What's the downtown Brooklyn theater? Uh, But anyway, yeah, it was like a lively theater. It was one of those movies, too, where normally... This is one of those things where, like, I wouldn't mind people talking... To the screen, which they they very much were. It's the same. It's the same exact theater where I saw Creed with my friend Corey and the guy. Yes. You know the whole wild thing. So um, I think and, and, oh, and any Pel- other day, Peloton Poppy. Any other day, uh, I would have enjoyed Pacific Rim with a lively urban audience, but I was just right. kind of in it. I, I was in his home that day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it shouldn't be yeah, it, that was a. I'm something, something else, obviously. We laugh so we don't cry. 
as I was saying, yeah, Pacific Rim is another one of those movies that is also like maximalist pop art that yeah. that I like. And yeah, so Batman v Superman Snyder Cut is, you know, again, like I said last week, it's not Cinema Paradiso, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, another movie that I liked way too much was Les Miserables, the mm. musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, The Silver Linings Playbook is a movie that I'm conflicted about, but has some good stuff in there. It does. Uh, did you ever see the film Wetlands? No. I feel like I, I I'm sure I've said this before, but it's a movie that I that I feel like Martin Kessler probably likes. Mm. Okay. And it's it's a it's a German film, uh, by uh, directed by David Winnett, and it's a Bildungsroman. It's a coming of age movie, and it's like. It's one of you know how I was talking about that movie last week, MILF, where it's like a genre film that puts it that puts the genre on its side by mm-hmm. having a different lens and by going about it a different thing. Mm-hmm. So Wetlands is a coming of age movie about this young lady and it takes the gross out genre and makes it and just flips it on its side in an interesting juxtaposition that I found to be enjoyable. Yeah. And then there's the road movie, which, which Carlo put me on to, mm-hmm. which is literally, have you seen the road movie yet? No, I've, I mean, I've heard both of you guys talk about it a lot, but no, you got to check it out. It's like found footage of driving and it shouldn't be, that shouldn't be good, but it is right. And then uh, that's my boy, Adam Sandler, Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. Really bizarre, gross-out comedy that I liked. Um, the Spy Who Dumped Me, which did not get enough love when it came out. I mean, hard R, dark comedy, yeah. really, really awesome. And nobody saw the shit. Yeah, I did. I liked it, but yeah, you're right. I'm just saying, like it, like everyone talks about how they want hard R comedy movies, hard R movies that don't take themselves too seriously, you know, that have dark comedy like things, and then they do this movie. Which, to be fair, though, it also didn't like the commercials for it presented a much different movie. Than it was very true because they they presented it like it was like a cute movie, yeah, and not a very dark, very violent movie. Yeah, I agree. Wholeheartedly. Did you ever did you ever see a simple favor? What 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 one was that again? That's uh, the Paul Feig movie with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. No, I never ended up seeing. No, I did not. So that's another movie that you wouldn't know from the trailer that it was this really dark comedy. Oh, I think you, yeah, you mentioned that it darkly come. Yeah, I think my wife said something about that also. Um, yeah. Not opposed to still watching it, obviously. I should check it out. Well, yeah, because it, it, the movie didn't, like, stop being good. 
Yeah. Just because people didn't see it. And the other, the last movie on on this why not sort of thing was uh, the Boy and the Beast, which is a Japanese animated film that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But like I, I don't talk too much about animated movies here because like I, I don't feel like you watch a lot of them. I do. I got I got some coming up on this list late, later on. Oh, okay. And so what's on your very conflicted, probably don't deserve to be on this list, but I'll put them on anyway list. Uh, I got Carlos, uh, Olivia Sayas' film about Carlos the Jackal. I mean, it's such an epic movie. It, it's well executed. They bring up one amazing, excellent point that no other movie uh, in this vein does in that Carlos the Jackal was kind of in bed with uh, extreme leftist uh, German groups you know, to the point where the the whole idea of being like post World War Two, post you know Nazi, the whole idea was like, hey, we don't want to be like our parents, we don't want to be like our grandparents. We're going to be so further from being Nazis, we're going to be super left. But then in the end, they still became these terrorist organizations who still targeted Jewish people and and right. and, and Israelis. And there's a great scene where this guy who like wanted out of that life, he's like, I, I can't do this anymore. It's like the whole idea was like we were trying not to be like the generations before us, and we've literally become that. And I thought that was, I mean, there's so much, I mean, Carla, it's like a five-hour movie, so I don't want to just whittle it down to that. But it is a really strong, poignant thing uh, that I, when you read reviews, all these like long reviews of Carlos, no one ever brings up that specific point. And I thought that that's really important. Um, I thought Edgar Ramirez was really good as Carlos the Jackal, even though if you see real pictures of Carlos the Jackal, he's not that handsome. He's not that handsome fella, but uh, but anyway, uh, I, I do think that a movie like Carlos, um, made by a guy like Olivia Sayas, it comes off as like a teenage French kid who thinks like revolution and terrorism and, and, and all that stuff is cool from the comfort of, of your home, which, you know, Olivia Sayas kind of was that when he was a teenager, so... Mm-hmm. I just think overall that movie gives the wrong message, but it's still just so well made. So, yeah. Um, oh, uh, so Carlos, Get Out, Moonlight, and Boyhood. Those are the those are the other those are the other ones on this list. Um, Get Out's another movie that I really to this day I like Get Out just as much as I did when I saw it like three years ago. But I just feel like there's kind of a backlash. A somewhat, in some cases, understandable backlash. I mean, it's it's another example of like a movie that has spawned other movies that has nothing to do with it, but it did spawn right. a lot of bad movies. And you know, there are some legit criticisms of it. I also think some people have made things about Get Out that like Get Out has nothing to do with what you're mad about. But I don't know who am I to tell, you know. So I guess if, had I had more guts, I I I put Get Out higher but it's just kind of a weird movie right now it's it's one of those things that like your average get out fan kind of took the fun out of enjoying it yeah it i mean i think it's on my list somewhere but yeah yeah because i think it was a good movie yeah. i think it it's one of it it definitely is one of those movies that made people think made people that that have simplified views of horror think that this was the first woke horror film which 
It's just yeah. it's yeah. just not yeah. true. Yeah. And it's it's barely a horror horror film. It's more like a thriller, anyway. Sure. Well, it, well, that's I think that's the the thing. Sure, on paper, but me being the black person I am, there's elements in that movie that are incredibly horrific, which is which is what I like yeah. about it. Where it's like I can't argue if someone calls it a thriller, I'm not gonna know it's not. But then to me, a black guy who's gone home to meet, you know, like his. White, well, now wife, like white parents in a very white uh, na- neighborhood, or getting pulled over by the cops, or just like little things like that, are kind of like ah, you tense up a little bit for for obvious reasons. True, or like for, for when... some somewhat silly, silly reasons, but they're still rooted in like uh, rooted in reality. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, like that time where we went to go see Claire's camera and Unsane, <laughs> and right, exactly. And, you parked the car, your car, not even that close to another car, and this woman like called the cops on you. Yeah, and, she did. And she she was what we would call a Karen these days. She oh was, man, and, and I, it was a and a Ken because her husband was just as ornery as he as she was. Like they they were like a tag team unit. It wasn't just yeah. the wife. I'm not gonna put it all on her. The husband was no. Well, what the hell? And he this, was totally. They drove out from Long Island just to be, and I bet they're still telling that story to their suburban friends to to, to 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 this day. And I'm sure they've inflated the story. I'm sure they made me out to be this fucking giant monster, even though I was just like, "Hey, let's exchange information." Sorry. Yeah, you were uh, like, you know. and so what happened was like they called the cops on on Marcus because of the car because it, it was like slightly next to it. There was no ding. There was no issue. And Marcus was going through some shit anyway, like, and when the, when the cops came and the Karen and Ken saw that Marcus was a black person and saw that this was a, they could deescalate, they did not. Yeah. Yeah. So. Two black cops, not, not, not that that matters, but at the same time, their attitude when they got there, it was, they were just like, I hate my job. Why am I here? Yeah. And then you had the doorman who was yelling more than me. The doorman, which was nice of him, he was like, he didn't touch your car. Like, he was getting involved, and I was just telling him, I was like, hey, everyone, it's fine. We'll exchange information. And just as I thought, I never heard from these people ever again. Because, yeah. you know, they had to go back to New Jersey or Long Island or wherever they were from to, to tell their, oh, we had a crazy weekend in the city. Let me tell you what happened. Which, no. yeah. So... It's just to say, like, Get Out has horrific things, and it shows things that are really painful for people, and it's and it's a good commentary. And just because it got way more popular than we would have could have expected, I still think it's a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So, shall we now go to movies? we feel we have minor explaining to to do that's oh no you missed the there's on the fence before we oh shit this. oh yeah let me get to on the fence because guess what guess the first movie that's on my on the fence i can't I get out ah there you go so nice. which i've already explained um yeah. there's uh spider-man into the spider-verse when i had okay. written this when I'd written this list, I had just seen this movie, so nice. I'm 
I still don't know where I'd rate it. If we're rating animated films of last decade, it's top three. Mm. And if it's probably the best representation of Spider-Man in movies. And no, it was... Not argue it was that. A, and if people... If there are people that argue about diversity in film in non-bad faith ways, people are like, oh, it doesn't advance the story or whatever. This is a movie that deals with multiculturalism without ever making it overt. It's very just like, these are families. This is a... This is a... This is an ethnic family in New York City. And, the you know... You know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't... Some people just complain if a movie has a diverse cast, period. But people who make the argument that it that it shouldn't be part of a storyline or whatever, which I think is a bad faith argument anyway, I just thought that this film was just like, oh, yeah, this is a movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with, with that. And I think, like, diversity in movies is really good. And, you know, I've been reading about the... Terrible, terrible, untimely passing of Chadwick Boseman, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, this dude was... Colon cancer is not... Like, that's a painful one. That's one... You know... So the fact that he was making all these movies while he was fighting for his life and was always really, like, a nice guy shows how powerful some people's spirit is. Yeah. And the these little anecdotes I'm reading about you know the effect that Black Panther and Chadwick Boseman had on young black children. Mhm. Why would you have a problem with that? You're just a, a sad person if if you do. And there are there are a couple of sad people out there. Oh, definitely. And even though, you know, Black Panther is not a perfect movie, it ha I have issues with it, it's still like a trailblazing revolutionary movie. Yeah, it is. That, that broke a ton of records and is, and is one of the better Marvel Cinematic Universe's movies. And <laughs> my issue is just that Killmonger was right. But aside from that... <laughs> yeah. It you know what I mean like like people people get so bent up out of shape and then the I just think we're talking about the power to, you know, how I just think representation both shouldn't bother you two is good and three can happen in many ways. Yes. So yeah, I'm sorry, I'm babbling. No, that's the whole point of this. It's been a we need to babble. It's, it's it, we're, rep, we're covering ten years. So. Yeah, uh, Rust and Bone. Mm -hmm. That's Audiard, right? What? Audiard. What's the, what's Audiard? What? The director. Oh, I, I I don't know their name. Um, he did Un Prophet. 
Oh, right. Duh. Um, audio, yeah, Jacques Audio. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, I never, I did, I never ended up seeing his last movie because I was really excited about it, but then you said it wasn't that good. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, you don't have to see it, but yeah, but anyway. Because his his last movie was, I think something brothers. Right. Yeah. Um. The the the, the sisters brothers. The sisters brothers. So yeah, I never saw that. Yeah. But Audiard has done a bunch of movies that people love. I mean, Un Prophet is probably his most well-known movie, but his remake of Fingers is incredible that we've talked about before. Yep. And the beat that my heart skipped. And he also... Yeah, And but his movie Rust and Bone, I like because... The, and the reason why I bring it up because other because it's a movie of his that doesn't get as talked about as much. Definitely, but not. it's but it's just like a really heartbreaking story about loss. Yeah. And and also involves killer whales. So I just say give it a shot and. Um, should I continue with my on the fence, or do you want to? No, 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 we'll go. We'll do the same. No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. Keep, keep going. Okay. Then there's uh, sorry to bother you, mm-hmm. which was Boots Riley's dystopic science fiction dark comedy that I just I think it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a movie that was. That was done no favors by people being like, it's a cult classic before the movie ever came out. It's a movie that people have been talking about for a while because Boots Riley, who is a director, which is funny because that's not how you would first describe him before. Like, I think he's best known as as the lead lead rapper of the rap group The Coup, as well as an activist in left-leaning politics in the Bay Area. And he wrote this script and tried, tried, and and it was originally printed in McSweeney's Literary Journal. And then eventually through time, he got it made into a movie. And it was, it was a usually popular movie. Mm-hmm. And... But I have, like, what has he done? Like, do you know if he's working on another movie? Oh, yeah. I thought they, uh, I don't know if they wrapped or the deal was signed, but it, it, it's inked. Uh, I don't know how far they got, but he, yeah, he got, uh, he's doing a show. I think oh. it's with Amazon. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, it's a series. But I, I can't remember. He tweeted out about it a while ago, and I, I, I don't remember if it was like, we just wrapped. Or it's like we just signed the deal. I can't remember which one it was, but it was it was something concrete either way. So, good for him. You know, I he's he's a good person. He's a talented musician, and whether or not you liked "Sorry to Bother You," I think it was it was a night. It was an interesting vision, and it did bring a, a lot of people joy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not you're not as big on it as I was. No, I'm 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 not. It's art was in the right place. I'm glad it exists. But Right. 
Um, then we have Manasha. Did I ever get to? Did I ever get you to see that? I don't think so. No, it doesn't sound like anything I've seen. You would know, because it's like a movie about Hasidic Jews in Brooklyn, and all the actors are Hasidic Jews. Oh yeah, no, I no, I haven't seen it. And it's just about this man whose wife passes away, and he doesn't want to remarry which is not okay in the community. Mm. And his brother-in-law is trying to take custody of his son. Because in oh. that community, you, you're supposed to have a, have a complete family. Ah, gotcha. So, and that, yeah, so Joshua Weinstein, the director, was able to get people to be in the movie and... It's just really good, and I like movies that showcase different groups in a more fair way, because the the Hasidic community gets a very bad rap, and you know, just like any religious community, some things that they do I really don't agree with, and some things they do are just like whatever, and you know. You 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 saw unorthodox, right? Yes, I did. So a lot of the things that happen in unorthodox, while dramatized, are things that happen in people's experience. But then there's a movie like Menasha, which is just about you know people who don't have a bad life. And I think I think it's nice and important to show many different dimensions of what life is, because there. There are people who are deeply religious in many different types of religions who don't have a bad life, who don't dislike what's going on in their experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting to show a light of that. Very. No, it's a good point. And it's, it's just like a very matter-of-fact, independent film. It's like any independent movie that we could talk about that is, you know, mumble-ish, but the characters are ultra-Orthodox Jews. That's it. So I recommend that. And then Mandy, which I actually rewatched <clears throat> last mm -hmm. week. Really good movie, dude. Yeah, it's cool. I haven't, I haven't watched it since I watched it with you, but it's still, yeah, it's cool. Maybe I should watch that again. It's just, oh, right, you watched it at my house, I think. Yeah, I did. Back in the day. Back in the day, two whole years ago, two plus I, years ago. Yeah, just like, it's so weird now, dude. The yeah, like, time is so, not, like, I just, we were at my wife's friend's place the other day, and we were talking about our wedding, and I was like, that was this year. And I was yeah. like, it was? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, you got married this year. I know. Got married. I went to Iceland. Went to French Polynesia. All this stuff that, like, it's not that I forgot about it. Obviously, I just it just feels so long ago. And also recently, like, there's some cults in Mandy and this record label, Sacred Bones Records, mm -hmm. uh, found some music from Jeremiah Sand, the cult leader of the Children of the New Dawn, mm. and they're releasing his music and. They found a music video 
which is uh, super bizarre. Oh, wow. Cult leader music. That also reminds me, I, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but I just read this, this book, Chaos, which was about mm-hmm. the CIA's possible involvement in the Manson murders and stuff. Oh, oh shit. It's really good. And I, I got, I, I breezed through it. And now I'm reading some cyberpunk. So yeah, I recommend Mandy. I think it's a good movie. Um, you were never really here. Oh. You know. Mhm. Is you were never really here on your list at all? No, it's not anywhere. But it's a good movie. Really good movie. I just, uh, you know, that's something. Uh, wow. Ah, uh, uh, that's another one I have not seen since I saw it in the theater. And I liked it. There's nothing. I don't have anything bad to say about it. I just it wasn't. Uh, to me, it's not a. It's still not a decade-defining movie for me. And yeah, I love Lynn Ramsey. I still think it's like her yeah. first two movies are still just like, just so untouchable, to me. But I'm also glad that you were never really here, was much better than the movie that she made, almost a decade ago. I, I still don't like. We need to talk about Kevin. So I'm glad no, you, don't. you were never really exist. And. Uh, me, so Saskia and I are going to watch Morvern Caller soon. It's nice. on our list, and I'm good. I'm good. not. I'm not looking forward to to her being sad, but uh, it's a really it's a really excellent movie. And you're never really here. Is you know Lynn Ramsey doing a doing her take on one of the one of those new American cinema violent movies and does it in in the way only she could and I think yeah it was surprisingly it was surprisingly poignant Mm -hmm. because I do think it's a good movie but I also think it's it's poignant and then I you got me a ticket to see it at BAM by myself Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that I don't actually. It makes sense because I was a member at that time. So, because, yeah, because why was that? Because I went and saw it with like a big bunch of. I saw it with like Entume, his girlfriend Cindy, Kato, Carlo, James, Mikhail. It was like a big I, group of us that went to I go think, see it. And why, why weren't you? What was that? Because I yeah, think, what was I think you felt bad that I couldn't go and you got me a ticket. Oh. I guess that's something I would do. I just I, I, mean, I don't you're, you know, remember you be yeah makes sense. You're a ni- yeah. you're a nice guy. What can I, I try say? To be. I try to and, be. And you know, I walk out. I walk out of the movie because it was one of those Q and A movies. It was mm-hmm. a Q and A thing, and Q and A things make me nervous. So I run out of the theater as the movie's over, and Joaquin Phoenix is just standing there, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, hey, man, good job." And then he looked at me, and then I just kept on walking. <laughs> Because I have social anxiety. I didn't want to talk sure. to Joaquin Phoenix. Sure. And nor did I I feel want like to... he might have a... I feel like he might have a touch of that also. So it's like... Yeah. He comes off as someone that... you know, Or maybe not. And the... The last movie in this list on the fence are The Goon and The Goon 2. What can we right. say about these movies? That uh, they're great. It's one of those cases where the sequel's better than the first one. Although the first one's still really good. Um, now, 
I think so far in this episode, I've talked so much about ah, movies I watched in my older years. I don't go back. I watched Goon twice in a 12-hour period. Goon 2, twice in a 12-hour period when I first saw it. And I've seen it many times since. So that, 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 that tells you what you need to know. Stuff. So would you like to get into your on-the-fence stuff? Uh, absolutely. Um, so, on the fence for me, got a got a nice handful of movies here. Uh, certified copy, Abbas Kiarostami, rest in peace. Uh, Melancholia, which is a movie that, at this point on this list of all the various categories we've done, I think it's been on almost every. It's been within almost every category and moved around the most. Uh, it's like kind of the foster child of this. Uh, of, of this um, list of mine. Um, Marinqual, which, great do do documentary. I think it got forgotten about, and unfortunately, I feel like its uh, legacy will be with will be with that Steve Carell film that was made uh, uh, into kind of like a fiction yeah, so film out, out of the do out of the documentary. But but the doc the actual documentary right. came out. It's one of those 2010 well, movies. So these are the movies that always get left off these lists because yeah. they came out so long ago. These are the stories of the lost films. Yeah. Well, why don't for for people who don't know, why don't you explain the documentary and then also explain that it was turned into a Robert Zemeckis movie? I think. Yes, called. Oh, and it's a different. Welcome to Marin. Right. It wasn't so called Marin Cool. It the was, documentary. It was called Welcome to Marin. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, the the documentary is about. Um, this guy, um, I don't, at the time, before this, before his incident, I don't know if he was mentally ill, but he was a, he was an alcoholic, he was just, he was a guy who was kind of struggling, and then he got into it verbally with some guys at a bar, and then on his way home, they kind of ran after him, jumped him, beat him up really, really bad, and it affected his memory, it just, it, it, it just, it made him off a little bit, like they, they beat him up really bad. So a life-altering beatdown. Yeah. So through various things, uh, he got into the, his own kind of self-therapy by essentially not like playing with action figures, but like having these elaborate. So he started collecting old-timey, like pre-GI Joe war figures, dressing them up, making the clothes for them in some cases, restoring them in some cases, like giving them all names. Uh, and then he ended up making up this like whole small town centered around them, and he j and that's just kind of his like therapy. And then, and side can, note, can like I, after his accident, he started oh, he started wearing he got into wearing women's shoes, so that's so that's like a whole yeah. separate thing uh, about and it. If I can, yeah, I'm sorry. If what, I can, what were you saying? If I can, so also what's funny is well, not funny, but so when. Obviously, what happens in America is they make documentaries about interesting movies, interesting people, and then people don't watch them as much because documentaries aren't as popular as narrative films. And then they make, and then Robert Zemeckis makes narrative films based off of them years later. Sure, sure. Like literally with Robert Zemeckis, but this is you know, or Oliver Stone. Like there, there was this, there was this time where. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like in a bunch of movies that were narrative versions of 
documentaries like Snowden or that movie where he walks Man on Wire, but it was turned into which is a yeah, the Robert Zemeckis. That's film. what I'm yeah. saying, Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. So. Yeah. Marin Qual was a very good documentary and then they made a movie about it and what's funny is the um, Steve Carell was in that movie Dinner for Schmucks mm-hmm. where he oh damn he makes oh, wow. those yeah. awesome the best part of Dinner for Schmucks I think is he makes these miniature uh, mouse arts with little mice you know it's That's like kind of yeah. dark because it's yeah. like dead mice but yeah. Yeah, he he taxidermies mice, so I think that's a funny little thing. And the I think he, they're called mouster pieces, and mm-hmm. the mouster the mouster pieces were made by like a prestigious miniature company, which is funny because like that movie, if you watched Dinner for oh, Schmucks, yeah. which is hardly a good movie. In fact, I didn't love it because it's mean, and I don't like. I don't like comedy that's just about being mean. I don't mind drama that's mean, but for some reason, like people, people being mean to people really upsets me. I don't know. Yeah. So, oh, did you ever see the original one, the French one? Yeah, uh, the dinner party. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I I will say yeah. Like so, dinner for schmucks is not good, but that scene. But it's interesting you brought no. up that scene because that scene is actually really good. But the movie is yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. the The movie dinner for schmucks is mean. It's not nice. It it's not yeah. like a yeah. It's not like a great movie, but yeah, the character makes these things called the masterpieces which were made by the Chiodo brothers. So, and the Chiodo brothers... Oh, wow. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, like the Chiodo brothers are, you know, well-known people in that world. And then they were just, they were hired just to make these little mouse guys, which I think was, mm-hmm. was really funny. And this is probably the longest anyone has ever talked about dinner for schmucks i don't probably, know probably yeah. <laughs> cuz it was it was really just like i thought i realized that maybe people didn't even know that the steve carell marn movie was based off of a documentary and um melancholia is like the most depressing movie a little bit but it but that's such a like, God, man, I, I remember when I first saw it, I was unimpressed and I watched it again. I was like, no, I like this. Then it was just like, eh, not really. Then eh, eh, eh. it just got so like. It's a it's a movie about someone getting what they want. And when what you want is misery, is is sure. it still a good thing? You know. And I'm yeah, right up. Yeah. Movies about the end of the world. Um, make me really upset, understandably. Mm-hmm. So, sure, of course. So I can only watch movies like that in the morning. Otherwise, I won't be able to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. What else are Understood. What else are you on the fence about? So besides Moran Call, we have um, Jersey Skalomowski's Essential Killing, which it's kind of like he remade 
a political yet not political like terrorist version of First Blood with Vincent Gallo where the movie is just about survival. We don't know if Vincent Gallo is a good guy or a bad guy. The character he plays at least, he's just like, he, it's just about surviving. Um, yeah. Um, oh, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's God Bless America. Which hold on, is a, another hold on movie. a second. Our, oh. Essential Killing is, I found out that movie because of you. It's, it's yeah. the weird, it's like, I don't want to gloss over that one. It's oh, okay. It's such a strange, strange movie. And if you it ever is. if you ever were worried if you ever wondered like, oh, if they made an art house Rambo with Vincent Gallo, what would it be like? They did. Yeah. And it's called yeah. it's called Essential Killing. And it's it's not an essential movie, but if but if you're in a mood, it's it's there. Just like through Vern, we found out about the movie Grand Piano, which is like sure. where someone asked the question, "What if we made Speed, but instead of a instead of a car, it was a piano?" Right. And you know, sometimes when people ask those questions, they don't get answered, but occasionally they do, and it can be a really rewarding experience. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Just like I, I plan on this episode being a long episode, and I want to provide context. So when people visit our episode about the decade, they know our thoughts. They know our thoughts, Marcus. Mark, as I tipped it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. What was the other one after? Another essential uh, killing. It came out around. The it came out around the same time as essential. Well, the same year. It's uh, Bobcat Goldthwait's God Bless America. Um, it's kind of just his little. You know, it, it's interesting. It's like his slightly more ethical version of uh, Falling Down, where it's just like. I, I I usually have issues with like the angry white guy, especially right. like the character well, that Michael Douglas falling plays down. in Falling Down. At, at, at like he 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 is mentally yeah. ill, very. But I think beside that, right. I think. They didn't play the mental illness card that until like the very end because before the very end it's kind of like when you no. look at this guy's accolades everything but it's like he'll be all right like knock it off plus around the time that the movie was made and the movie takes place in L.A. I just feel like if you're just like a middle aged black guy or middle aged Latino or something like that like I, I feel like they should be the main character of the movie finally pissed right. off and had enough with the cops but whatever I mean that would but yeah God so bless America if they, if they... So, so, God Bless America is like a movie that was way too ahead of its time. Yes. Oh, that was... Oh, my it came gosh. Out, it like, came out like five years too early because it's... Yeah. It's about... Yeah, it it's about all of this... Cult, about all the culture of fame and reality TV. But one, Bobcat Goldthwait is a fucking weirdo. So, the movie is just like yeah. not... It's so bizarre. His movies, period, are really bizarre. I yeah, they are. Like world's greatest. They're interesting. Dad I think is, most of his yeah. No, he's a good director. Yeah. I'm saying he's he's yeah, fucking dark. Yeah, um, he is. Like yeah, like you were just saying, world's greatest dad. It's like he remade uh, Heather's, but with with men and boys. Yeah, it's just like a weird. But it's still good. But it's still good. That wasn't a dick. That wasn't a dick. I'm just. saying. It's not a yeah. I mean. Y 
you saying? No, I said it a certain way so someone could take it that way. I, I said it with a certain tone. God bless America, is yeah being like a dark comedy falling down minus the overt white supremacy. You know, if, yeah. <laughs> if falling down was remade with a non-white point of view, it would probably make a much better movie. Yeah. Like falling down yeah. should just really be called white privilege. Like the fact that he even got that far that day is... But when he... Everything... They had him on the dock. He only finally got shot when he reached for a gun. And yeah. it, then, you know, ended up being a water gun. But it's like, you did all this shit. Like, the fact that they didn't shoot him on sight. He, like, used a bazooka on a freeway. Yeah. He... He used just, a bazooka. Yeah, he just went on this he tour used, of violence. Yeah, exactly. He used he's a bazooka. A white, yeah, like He's that. a white he, terrorist. Yeah. He's a white terrorist. Yes, exactly. To, to do yep. something like that is terrorism. But, as we've seen in this country, white terrorists don't get killed by police, and, and black... And they also get fancy names. Yeah. And, and, and black people who aren't terrorists, who just are trying to live, do get shot by police. So, you know... Yep. I would be... In, I think falling down would be interesting, at, would be fascinating, were it made yeah. today with a non-white person, and... Definitely. That that's my that's my two cents. Yeah. What else is on your on your on this for, on this portion? Oh. Yeah, last one. I have uh, Takashi Miike's Thirteen Assassins, which it's like that might be one of his best films because it just doesn't have the whole. Uh, he's not trying to shock. Not, and I'm not saying I think he gets that stamp a lot, but the majority of his movies are very like provocative and he's trying to shock us and be kind of edgy but this is just kind of a straight up like samurai film it's traditional but it also shows the realism of violence that really would have happened mm -hmm. you know because no, no offense to like classic samurai films but it's like you know back then if you get a sword in your stomach it's like your intestines are coming out if you get stabbed in the neck blood is going to spurt and not that there weren't black and white samurai films from the 50s and 60s that didn't show that, but, like, every one of them right. should have. When someone gets struck with a sword, there should be violence. It's not, like, a beautiful kind of PG-rated deal. No. So, and, 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 and 13 Assassins does that. Another, another 2010 movie also that kind of, you know, it, 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 it's important to remember these, these earlier movies of the decade. That's one of my favorite things about Children of Men is when oh, is yeah. when um the main character Clive Owen finally kills someone he like bludgeons uh an officer to death it's yeah. violent and he's horrified because yep. because he's never killed anyone before and that's something mm -hmm. that movies don't handle very well like often when characters kill for the first time on movies they just killed someone and I've never killed anybody but I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that it's a horrifying thing and so I thought that it captured that very well. And it's it's funny because there's a scene in Thirteen Assassins where like one of the younger of the crew, they get in this battle. The, the first kind of first little skirmish before the big one, he kills someone and he just free like he's just holding his sword and he freezes. And then one of the older guys was like, "Oh, th th this th this was your first time, huh?" So yeah, so that's why I think that's cool. And also one of one of one a true privilege and awesome thing about this podcast was when mm -hmm. we recorded in Ari the Rugged Man's family's house 
having Ari the Rugged Man on and telling him that I yeah. found out about Takashi Miike from his articles in Mass Appeal. Yeah, man. Because like yeah, it's awesome. when when he when he wrote that that Visitor Q was what American Beauty should have been, I was like, oh, I have to see this movie. <laughs> and it wasn't e- and it wasn't easy to find. And that movie is really bizarre and messed up. But he's right and RA left an indelible mark in me because he taught me and I've said this so many times to to not be to not let other people tell you how to feel about movies and to sure. and to apply a lens that you would apply to every single movie not yeah. just like not to delineate art films from horror films from comedy films from you know so that's how you get a you know I don't think there's many podcasts that will have post Tenebris Lux and That's My Boy on their decade list. Nope. And and I stand by it and I know I get a lot of when I know I get a lot of like faces and eye rolls when I talk about Adam Sandler movies or stuff like that and I'm just like, you know, don't there was a time where you were a child and you took things less seriously and con- consider it and consider Consider my look at me as a man and as a person. Look at my writings. Yeah. Look at my podcasts. Look at my music. Look at my references. I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough and trust that I can make decisions about movies and understand that. Give it a chance, even though I still have. I don't believe I've been able to get you to watch. That's my boy. Uh, yeah, not yet. I, I, I haven't watched it yet. No, uh, I what got Carlo to watch it, and he what? And he wasn't as into it as I was. But mm-hmm. all right, are we are we at the uh, the next part? Yeah, we got. Yeah, I, I like this. This, this, this one's good. This the is, movies I, I have minor explaining or apologizing to do. And what's funny is that this list is low key, my the best list. I was just gonna say I'm looking at the movies I have here. It's kind of like oh shit, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at I'm looking at this list and I'm like oh, this might be this might be the one. Uh, do you want to go yeah. first? Sure. I, mine is actually only a few, so let's just say. So movies I have minor explaining or apologizing to. For those of you wondering what that means, these are just movies where, like, they came out, there was, like, an immediate hype, and then people immediately turned on it, or movies that had maybe a controversy surrounding it that, was, that wasn't directly about the movie, but, people, but, but the movie still kind of suffered, or just stuff that people, I, I find that, like, um... Issues that might be like knee jerk, people would call it like problematic, but it really isn't. So anyway, so the first movie, of course, is Drive. Uh, if 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 I had real guts, it would have been on my top t- my top tier list. But I feel like Drive, status wise, and movie reference wise, was kind of like the Pulp Fiction of, of of its time, where it's just like it came out, oh this movie's awesome, and then like two months later, it's like oh enough with this fucking movie. Um, you know, but, I, but I, I not nine years later, I still love it. You know what's funny though? What's that? One, I have a Nicholas Winding Refn movie on this list. That's not Drive. And two, I was talking to my friend yesterday, oh. and 
uh-huh. he had he watches bits and pieces of Thief almost every day. That's awesome. Like he, I mean, like he has the Michael Mann's 1980 masterpiece Thief on on Google Drive, and he whenever he's feeling upset, he just watches a piece of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "You are such a weirdo. I love it." Yeah. And Com- yeah, I mean, comfort movie. Yeah, and and I think if you've seen the movie Drive and you've seen the movie Thief, you understand that there are similarities. But I think, you know, watch both movies because they're both good. Definitely. And like, yeah, if you want to see Albert Brooks as a sadistic man. Yeah, and you know, that, okay, and that's another one of those performances where it's just like, eh, Oscars are dumb, who cares about Oscars? But then when he didn't get nominated, it was kind of just like, well, goddammit, it's like you try not to care, but then certain roles that get overlooked just kind of forces you to care but he he was a good sport about it like even to this day every once in a while when the oscars come up he'll tweet out like a funny snarky comment like oh i was robbed or something like that yeah and so i, so I kind of respect that I, I i like that and one of these episodes of of our show i had a really good freestyle about albert brooks but i don't remember which episode <laughs> but it was something like I'm precise, like Albert Brooks and Drive with a knife, and I slice, and it was awesome. <laughs> what else is What else is on your list, Mister Penn? Got Shame. Oh yeah, um, which is another movie early, on the earlier side, 2011, 2012. Steve te- McQueen. Steve McQueen, and he's kind of another filmmaker who I think. Over, you know, in recent years, his kind of, his popularity isn't what it, like, once was. And that, you know, we're not going to get into all the details why, but I think Shame is just the kind of movie that, you know, has fall, it's, fallen, it's fallen victim to kind of, to that. But it's still such a great movie. Alone. Without it's a very all good movie. It's just, stuff. I think, I think what's, the problem was is that it was a follow-up to Hunger. And... Hunger yeah. is devastating, and I think Steve yeah. McQueen's best movie. Now, sh- yeah, I'm starting to think that myself. In my, it's, I mean, in my p- opinion, which I would yeah. never say is a humble one, and um, shame is about sex addiction, and it's not glamorous, and it's. It's just about a different topic, and but it's done very well. It's a good. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. What else do I have? Uh, oh, The Hunt. Which talk about a movie? And what? It's like 2012 was not that long ago, but it's like talk about a movie that came out a little too early. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hunt, which is a uh, Thomas Vinterberg and Mads Mikkelsen's first collaboration. Um, uh, shortly after we're done recording, I'm about to watch their second collaboration. Uh, shout out to Tiff. But it's just a movie about you have to tread lightly because this is a movie where in the wrong hands, this movie could kind of be used for evil. This is this could totally be like some bullshit men's rights activist movie um, because it's like, right. see, we're all falsely accused. Like that's why. And, and even though that stuff does happen, and, and in this case, it's it's actually like a child 
which so it kind of makes more sense. Where like a child, she's a little confused, she's a little mixed up, and she makes a statement, and then the whole town slowly starts to believe it. So, mm. um, yeah, and it's one of those things too. Like everyone, has, I I don't want to give the end, but but the end of the movie is kind of like Twitter almost it's like what what twitter is what the 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 ending of the movie represents what twitter is but it, it it's a really 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 awesome movie very poignant so yeah and um after that i've got the last movie on on this particular section is manchester by the sea uh, another excellent movie uh movie. for so many reasons Perform, yeah, well, this is kind of what I'm talking about. But I, well, you might be saying well, it for, just different, like, for different reasons. I'm not saying fuck that movie because it's a bad movie. Right, okay. So, But what I was getting ready to say is, unfortunately, in a short period of time... Well, actually, you know, that movie made it past Oscar season. It did win its Academy Awards. It got its accolades. But then uh, Ben Affleck, ooh, Casey Affleck's past kind of came up. And it kind of affected the movie. Like, I saw some of the same people who liked that movie hate it because of the stuff that Casey Affleck pulled back in the day. And I just don't think that that's fair because it's not like Kenneth Lonergan, um, Lucas Hedges, Michelle Williams, Kyle Chandler, like, the the best boy, the key grip. Like, they didn't do what Casey, Casey Affleck did. So I understand. If you want to say fuck Casey Affleck for whatever reason you may have, sure. But don't say fuck Manchester. I, I just I feel like that should be like 101, but it's not. Right. Because like every single other person besides him that had something to do with that movie are just their own people. Like, you know, they, they didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think like, I think if people don't want to watch movies because of the cancellation of a person, I understand it. But at the same time, I think figuring out how to navigate these works and how to... I just think we should... I've done a lot of thinking since since these discussions have started really happening. Like, mm. like the Me Too movement happened as we started this podcast and sure. these discussions about what to do with movies by monstrous men started coming up and like at first it was like oh well we won't watch them but that's not quite fair either like like leanne marie friend of the show pointed out like that's not fair to everyone else that's worked on the movies of you know and and that's something too and and movies aren't a singular work so yeah you know as recently jk rowling was Oh like for the third time, doubled down on her on her views, which was pretty it the much third time. It feels like more, it feels like more than three times, but uh, whatever. Who, who, who's counting? She's said a lot of problematic things, but this yeah. was the this was the this is a time where she really stated and cemented her views as a turf, which is which is a yeah. trans exclusionary rad, radical feminist and. If you think that that term sounds um, oxymoronic, well, I do too. But me, as a cis hetero straight man, I'm not going to tell 
people how they can or cannot be feminists because that's not my place. I can sure. I can say while she didn't say she's a turf, her views about trans people are consistent with turf views and are disgusting, yeah. especially because the the LGBTQ plus community that loves her work is gigantic and and yeah. she could yeah. have really been an ally and protector of of people who really do need protecting in this world and sure there are definitely there's a lot of people who are working on figuring out how they can still love the work and have nothing to do with jk rowling and yeah. i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before but there's an there is a great podcast called the gaily prophet which reassesses and looks at the harry potter universe from an lgbtq plus perspective and they've mm -hmm. talked about jk rowling in a much better way than i ever could but i think it's wow. <laughs> which is to say the and so like i can just with jk rowling i could just say i'm not going to read her books because she makes yeah. the books she's one person she's an right. author but I also know people that are like, well, actually, I'm going to read her books, but I'm also going to donate to LGBTQ plus, um, you know, charities and do. Yeah. So with movies, though, it, it, you know, Casey Affleck is one person. Now, I can understand if you if you experienced what Casey Affleck has been accused of it might be too activating for you to watch movies that he's in. And yeah, of course. And I'm going to I'm going to save my views about Woody Allen for another day cuz yeah, please. <laughs> but you know, my issue with Manchester by the Sea is just that it's incredibly depressing. It is. It very much is. So when I say fuck that movie, I'm just like, I, that, that movie's, there's like, it's, it just, it just keeps on getting sadder and sadder. Yep. So that's my thought about it. All right. Well, that's it for my, for my side. Okay. So I have a bunch of joints. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and I would be remiss to do a list of the decade and not mention at least one movie I was in. Uh, okay. So, 2013's Newlyweeds, directed by Shaka nice. King. Nice. Starring Trey Harris, Trey Harris, Amari Cheatham, and Tone Tank, who's going to be on the show soon. Yep. Um, scored by me, and I have a cameo nice. in it. Shaka King is... A, he's in post-production for his film about the the death of Fred Hampton called mm -hmm. Judas and the Black Messiah. It's getting a lot of yeah. fanfare. I've watched the preview. Yep. I think it's going to be a great movie. And yeah. it's really amazing that he was able to, you know, he's been working since 2013 on TV, but he hasn't done a, a feature-length film since 2013. So for him to get this opportunity to do like a studio picture, you know, I'm really excited for him. And 
you know, it's really, you know, having having Ryan Coogler, you know, as as your friend these days is very is very good because he has a lot of power mm-hmm. in Hollywood. And I'm not sure. talking any shit. I'm just saying, like, I think yeah, I no, think it would be yeah. hard to make a big budget film with this lens if you didn't have the support of people who have become big players. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Newlyweeds is just a great movie because when people are like, "Oh, like why can't people just make like reg- like movies with black people that are regular movies where like it's not about whatever?" And like Newlyweeds is just a movie about a couple who smoke a lot of weed and they're black, right? It's not. Yeah. 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 Am I saying this wrong? Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? No, no. I'm saying that in a, a no. I, I'm actually. I was just um, prefacing some stuff the other day in a separate deal where it's just like it's it, it is it, it's without and in with and without it sounding weak because there are because there are instances where black entities like why does everything have to be and and it just comes off assholeish. But then in other instances, it's just kind of like, th- this is no different than like what we were talking about on with them to me with the five bloods, where it's just like, when I, we kept bringing up guys like Antoine Fuqua or F. Gary Gray, not, not that, I mean, I think Shaka's a more interesting filmmaker than, than those two, no, no, no disrespect to them, but it's like some movies can have like an all black cast and just not have the weight of the world on their shoulders, basically. Yeah. Like, and it's not, and, and it's more than that's just fine. I think it's actually important for that to happen. Right. And so. Newlyweeds is just like a movie. And it's not like Newlyweeds is em- is airy and em- like no. it's like just the ending is so nice and beautiful and like certain things that happen in the film are just so poignant. But it has it's not about like Selma or the assassination of Malcolm X or this that. It's just like a story that just happens to 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 be black. Period. That is it. Yeah. So, thank you, because I feel like I was fumfering in what I was trying to say, and yeah, yeah. I never, I never want to be racially insensitive. No. Uh, yeah. So check that out. It's on Tubi. So. Oh, cool, cool. What else? Um, so obviously, uh, personal shopper Olivier Assayas. Mm, Okay. Kirsten, Kristen, why am I forgetting her last name, Marcus? Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart, yeah. So this may or may not be the only, I might have two Olivier Assayas movies with Kristen Stewart on on this list today. Uh, Spoiler alert, I do. But Personal (laughs) Shopper is a, grief horror movie that came out a couple of years ago and I don't I don't think it got a lot of love and I really liked it it well it initially didn't but it has like it's almost like um in in like two years since it came out it's turned into kind of art house cult and like mm. on, on on other lists besides yours Personal Shopper has shown up on quite a few best of the decade lists. Um, just, just so you know. Oh. But I do. You're not completely wrong. No, when it first came out, it was just like, "What the fuck is this?" But people just were like, "Wait a minute, no, this is actually like 
interesting, but like a good interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I was I was really moved by it, and I and I sure. was I wasn't particularly moved by the the shticky points of the movie. I was just because mm-hmm. there is some shtick to it, but I was moved. I think Kristen Stewart's performance in it was fantastic, and it mm-hmm. just dealt with loss in a way that I think horror and genre film has been doing really wonderfully in the past few years. And I won't. I'm. I'm. I'm I, I. I won't argue that. And I, I don't have it on this list because I don't think it needs to be. But like Babadook dealt with that pretty good too. But sure, like Babadook just isn't what I just didn't love it. So it's not on mm-hmm. my list. And um, uh, I don't know why it's on this list, but I put it here. Uncle Boonmi, who can recall his past lives, by Joe. Mm-hmm. Have you, hey, as long as it shows up, I'm I'm happy as long have, as it shows up. On have you seen this movie? I think so. Yeah. I barely remember it. <laughs> I remember having a discussion with a friend at a house party about how genres are stupid in a way. Because mm. I was like, all right, have you seen Uncle Boon Me? And he was like, yeah. I was like, is that a sci-fi film? And he, and he's, and he stood there and he thought... And he was like, yeah. I was like, exactly. But it took you a second because we have this idea that other things take over what is a what is and isn't a film. But to me, Uncle Boon Me is a sci-fi fantasy that's, Absolutely. that's just done with a, a masterly brush by one of yeah. one of our best living directors. Yes. Yeah. I think, um, you know, so to me, I, I guess I'll say the opposite in that genres are fine as long as folks don't try to be so restrictive. And they, and they have an explanation. Like, don't just say anything is something and be like, uh, but like, it's a cool conversation deal. Like, just I, I like the idea of genre, but not so rigid. Because, you know, Uncle Boon Me is quite a few things. Yes. Most of all, good. Great, rather. Sorry. Had to get that. I had to get that out. That's a very personal movie. Yeah. For me. I'm. I. And always will be. I mean, I have a feeling it might show up later. Possibly. Uh. No, it will. Spoilers. <laughs> so it. I'm looking at. I'm looking at my list, of this on this one, and like many of them are. I think are genre films in a way. So, mm. uh, there's part of me that wants to not put this movie in because, because recently it turned out it showed it turned out that the that the director is a piece of shit. But, mm-hmm. um, Upstream Color by Shane Carruth. Oh, oh fuck! That's right. Oh man, we're gonna have to go over this <laughs> later on. God damn it. All right, let's just find and and you want to just move on. Yeah. So Oh, it, it it's on your list. I forgot uh, very much okay. so. Much well, higher up. Well, too. we will talk about it. <clears throat> and then um right. uh Before We Vanish by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. All oh, right. Oh, shit. Which, yeah. Which okay. is cool. like 
just a cheeky, cute alien invasion movie mm-hmm. that's really about love. Yeah. And I just, you know, I was surprised with how much I liked it. Um, Alexi Germain's Hard to Be a God. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I didn't know where to put it in this list, but I felt like I'd be remiss to not put it in because good or bad, it's a movie that I think about a lot and Yeah. Yeah. It was it's like a bizarre black and white Russian film. It's in Russian, right? Yeah. And it's also a sci fi movie. And it's and it, it messes with tone and ideas in such a smart way mm-hmm. and do you like hard to be a god uh, i do it's gonna come up later again as as, as we do okay this. so that'll be that uh to the wonder by terence malick nice nice which i just think is a strangely one of my favorite of that of that period of terence malick Mm-hmm. And I remember ju- just realizing, like, oh, these movies are just to be experienced. I don't think they need to be, like, hyper-analyzed. You know, just like... I get it. You could, because they're all sure. partially about his real life. But beyond that, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Just, they're just to be experienced. Movies like that are just, like, they're just, you know... not. It's not about necessarily sensory overload, no. but it's very sensory based though at the same time for me it's like a lot of paintings like it's like it's like little vignettes of of paint and story and yeah. i think it was the last movie that roger ebert reviewed and he liked it oh it is yes yes it was yeah yes it was and um only god forgives nicholas winding refn nice which came out and was pretty much hated by everybody. It was Winding mm-hmm. Reference follow-up to Drive. And it's got the same color palette and it's got the same star um, yeah. in Ryan Gosling. But mm-hmm. but it's somehow much darker and much more violent and in my opinion a better movie and is slowly, slowly I think becoming a cult hit. It is, and I just, I just, I, I just really, I watched this movie on your recommendation as we were talking about maybe starting a podcast, because we were talking about maybe starting a podcast for about a year before we did, and I didn't know yeah. anything by Nicholas Winding Refn except for Drive, so I watched a bunch of his movies based on your recommendation. And the first one I watched was um, Valhalla Rising. Mm-hmm. That's what it. That that's movie. what it's called, right? Yeah, Valhalla. And I was like, I was like, oh, you're into some weird shit, Marcus. Like, I didn't realize that you like how weird you were, because because oh. that movie's like really very strange. It is, but it's also <clears throat> might be brilliant. I do. I, I have to bring this part up again. I, I, I do. I know I've said this before, but it's been a while. Because of how 
the movie was marketed in the first 20 minutes. There's a great story. Friend of the show, friend in real life, our buddy John Cribb saw it in Toronto. And he talks about how he watched the first 20 minutes and then he left. And then he was saying, he thought, he's like, ah, I, I, I got the idea. I, 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 I know what it's about. Yeah, and then it was just like, don't. he eventually saw it and it's like, no, you, you, you don't. It's not, you know, so, yeah. Awesome. Only God for all right. We we got a couple of overlapping, interlapping movies. I mean, that's to be expected. I think. Sure. Yeah. Um, another movie with Ryan Gosling, Blade Runner two thousand forty nine. Oh. The wow. sequel to Blade Runner, by Denis mm-hmm. Villeneuve. 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 Villanueva. Villanueva. It's Villanueva. Villanueva. It's like Catherine Deneuve. Yeah, I was making a joke. But yeah. And while we've said very many times that there's a character in the movie played by Bautista that the movie mm-hmm. the movie should have been about, yet yeah. yet it wasn't. But I really I really do like this movie. I and the more the more I think about it, the more I enjoy it. I. I think it sort of came and went. I thought I think people thought it was going to be one thing, and then it wasn't. And people had an issue with how long the movie was, and mm, yeah. But I thought it was I thought it was really good. And the star of Wetlands, which I talked about earlier, is in this movie as well. Um, okay. I forget what you thought about Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It was alright, but with that tone, I guess it was, it was fine. Yeah, I don't know. I just but looking back, but looking back on things, I don't know what I expected. So it's just kind of like I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was just able to enjoy it for what it was, which was like mm-hmm. a sprawling, sad, disaster piece of color and disappointment. Yeah. And that's and that's enough for me. Yeah. Uh, what else is on? And um, the short films of John Wilson. I just felt I had to put them somewhere. Oh, cool. So, friend of the show, John Wilson, who I believe has a show on HBO coming out. Um, that's, I'm looking forward to that. that. That's really cool. Yeah, with with Nathan Fillion. Yeah, that's all I need to know. Awesome. Not no. Nathan Fillion is the actor from Firefly. Who? Yeah, I, 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 I know who you meant. You meant Nathan Fielder. Na- that, that's why I said I, I know who you meant. Yeah, I was trying. Well, we've talked about it before. Yeah, I was being silly, and I, I just you didn't catch me, so I just I felt I had to change that. Um, Nathan Fillion's busy doing a Suicide Squad reboot. Is it a reboot or a or a sequel or like both? No, it's, it's like a no. I thought no, it's like a restart. Yeah, I mean, you know, the DC universe is has not been as popular as the Marvel universe, so whatever they have to do, just, you know, I just hope they still make a sequel to Shazam, and, and that's all I really want. Yeah, I mean, they will. They, 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 they'd be dumb not to. And I, and only thing that, that, that uh, you know... I just hope movies like Shazam, Aquaman, even uh, Birds of Prey, or whatever next they do with Harley Quinn after Suicide Squad, like keep the tone. Like there's a re- reason 
people like those movies. Right. And or Wonder Woman. I don't want to take away from... I don't want to take away from... Or, or, or Wonder, Wonder Woman also. I don't want to take away from, 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 like, Man of Steel, which actually wasn't that bad. And I don't want to take away from Batman versus Superman either. Like, some movies can be on the darker, brooding side, but the whole goddamn universe doesn't need, need to be. So... And now with this new Batman movie coming out, which looks like Seven, uh, who who knows what what's gonna? Yeah. Although I don't even know if this. I, it feels like this movie is not attached to the other DC movies, though. No, I think I don't know. I I, I know it's considered part of the DCEU, but I don't know what they're doing. I don't. You know. Wait. Is is yes. it? Yes. I didn't because oh my god because it's it just okay all right I don't want to make this about but I'm, we'll, we'll talk off here I have a lot of questions I don't I, I don't have any no answers kind of stuff. for I mean I don't we don't know you don't know I haven't asked the questions yet fair enough I just know that <laughs> that Wonder Woman was not dark and I enjoyed it and Shazam was not dark and I enjoyed it and Aquaman was not dark and I enjoyed it. And Suicide, not yeah. Suicide Squad, because I didn't really like that movie that much. But Birds of Prey was was dark, but not gritty. It was very colorful and funny and violent. And I like that. Not every DC movie yeah. has to be like, we don't film during the day. <laughs> funny. Though my friend, my friend pointed out that with this Batman that's coming out with Robert Pattinson or whatever that it's the first Batman movie to admit that he puts on uh, makeup on his eyes right right I like that yeah I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast but did you know that there's rumors that um, Michael Keaton is going to be in the movie Flash as an old Bruce Wayne as a backdoor to a Batman Beyond movie. I mean, I've scrolled. I've seen a couple of things in in passing. I, I have. I hope they do that. That's a really cool idea. Batman Beyond with Michael mm -hmm. Keaton as an old Batman, like yeah. it writes itself. People. Sure. <laughs> Is Wonder Woman ever coming out? Uh, probably next year. Mm. I mean, obviously, yeah, but next year probably. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna send that to. To to streaming. I don't think streaming's making enough. No, I don't no, think streaming's no, no, making no, no. enough money yet. I don't. So. Oh, and the last movie on this, on this point, but I know that you're gonna have more to say about this movie, is Post Tenebris Lux. Oh, that'll be way later on in the show if you catch my drift. Yeah. All right, so you want to talk about misunderstood, underappreciated movies that we have a lot of explaining for? Yeah, this is um, it's a lot of movies, so I'm not going to go into every single one. But, but, I think, at least for me, these all fall into the uh, under the category of, like, one of two things. It's either, like, you say this movie is one of the best of the decade, and it's just kind of like... It gives a knee-jerk reaction, like, what? No, it's not. And then when you kind of explain and give, like, a half-heartfelt reason or a full-heartfelt, people are just like, okay, I didn't think of it that way. Or it's just movies that, like, you want to, like, under the radar is an understatement, but just because something flies under the radar doesn't mean it's great. It still exists. 
the, the tree definitely fell in the woods and it definitely made noise. You just weren't there to hear it. So, <clears throat> with that being said, oh, that was a good explanation. I'm just scrolling through this list real quick and it's just like, yeah, it's either one of those two things. So, first off, uh, setting off this list uh, is Rick Alverson's The Comedy, which I kind of feel like should have been in my top tier, but whatever. It's on my list. I think it's one of the best movies of the decade. I don't want to split hairs about how it should have been numbered. Um, after that, I have Abdelatif Kashish's uh, Black Venus. I think everybody knows um, Abdelatif Kashish for one of two things. Uh, his film Secret of the Grain, which got rediscovered on Criterion, and his movie Blue is the Warmest Color. But in between those two movies, he's also an actor, but in between those two movies, he made this really great film S about stand back the hot little, and tied Venus. Sit back a little bit from the mic. Yeah. He made this He made this movie uh, about the hot and tied Venus, which is... Uh, talk about, you know, going back to black films that do carry weight. This is a story that's just like... It's it's referenced in pop culture, like the the, the famous Grace Jones photo uh, that was eventually copied by Kim Kardashian. That all is a, some people don't even know this was a reference to the drawing of the hot and tight Venus, who was kind of taken around and, and essentially showed as like an, an a sideshow attraction. Um, but this movie just kind of gives like a, a retelling of that life, and it's a very kind of long grueling movie it, it's all it's like it's kind of hard to be a god level of like it's over three hours long too many scenes are difficult to watch and then other scenes are just boring and then other scenes are very informative it's just a mix of everything and it's just like god jesus and it's just kind of it's one of a kind it's and 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 it's a biopic and it doesn't cover this woman's life from birth to death it only focuses on like a couple of years it's very andre rublev-esque yeah if if if, if you will um, so yeah, um, outside say oh finally some Bruno Dumont uh, outside Satan. That's another movie that like a big part of the reason why that movie fell under the radar was just like the movie was made in 2011. It didn't even get released until like almost three years later. So it's just it got kind of forgotten about. And you know Bruno Dumont, <clears throat> even in, even within the world of art house, he's not some big household name. So it's just kind of it's just a recipe for forget. For you know, for falling way under the radar. It did, but it's great. Uh, upstream color, and that's that. No, no, <laughs> um, no. But We're upstream. Well, let me get, well, let, well, let's go back to it, because the other one, uh, oh, man, oh, jeez, because there's a lot. We're here. Upstream color, Shane Carruth. It turns out that he's a piece of shit. Sure. This movie is... Brilliant! It is a fan. Yeah, it is, is a fantastic sci-fi fantasy movie, and it's dark and it, it has music and and like is it's like sort of the coolest movie about sampling ever, music sampling yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of people who worked on that movie, including. Um, Amy Seafried is. Am I saying her name correctly? Semites. Semites. Amy Semites. Yeah. Who? It. It's highly alleged that he was a shithead to her, and she's brilliant in the movie. And it's a good. It's a good movie. What are we supposed to say? Shane Carruth is a sh is not seems to be a shithead, and it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. She thinks it at, at once. Blah blah blah. You're 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 right. Because also remember, we this is the list that we wrote. The, you know, and we're providing context to it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back to the article I wrote and take out upstream color. Yeah. No. 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 I would rather provide an asterisk, like, well, this. It's highly alleged that he is a a bad person. Yeah. Uh, you know, Google it, I guess. Well, not even alleged at this point. I mean, by his own words, he's a, he's a shitty person. It's like his own, you know, words. I'm not, yeah, I'm also not giving, I'm not going to, I think that he wants people to talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about what he did. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. fair. Google. So yeah, back back yeah. back to your list. Right, uh, we have Leviathan, uh, 2012's Leviathan, not the 1989 sci-fi horror alien ripoff Leviathan. This is a documentary that's like uh, going back to kind of what you said about to the wonder, although slightly differently. It's just a movie to be experienced. Uh, it's just about fishermen. It's a French film about uh, f- fishermen. Uh, side note, uh, what's kind of cool? Claire Denis was a consultant, kinda, on this movie. Um, and yeah, it's just like, gosh, man, the sound, like the crashing of the waves, the crunching of the water, just the slushing around of the fish. It it, it really is like, this is one of those, like, I felt like I was watching a 3D movie, even though it wasn't 3D. And if anybody wants to just, yeah, if anybody wants to explore the 11 years of Pinland Empire, search for my, I did a kind of a full, not, not a a visual comparison but like a written comparison of Pacific Rim and Leviathan as they're both lot lot of you know both take place a lot in the sea and they're just very like sensory overload-esque kind of movies but sensory overload like in in, in a mostly good way so yeah Leviathan it, it's, it's it's a really good movie by by Andre Zygavanstiv yeah I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name but yes that movie looks dope I've actually never seen it Oh man, you would, yeah, like watch it, oh, man, even like turn the lights off, turn the sound up, uh, crank the volume up and rip the knob off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the family guy reference. Um, yeah, so, uh, let's see. Oh, so talk about movies. <laughs> I, to say it flew under the radar, there, there, there are no words for this, but this movie called The Empty Box by Claudia St. Lucie. It's just a great, you know, just weird, odd, kind of off art house film. But as off and left field as it is, it also tackles um, kind of like specific Haitian discrimination and specific uh, Latino Haitian uh issues as well which doesn't it's one of those things that like it's existed since day one why it isn't explored on film more is very strange but this movie is 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 so great i i feel like myself along with my buddies at the pink smoke we saw this movie at tiff in 2016 and we just couldn't shut up about it i feel like we're the some of the only few people in the world who are still championing it you know championing it uh four years later and it just no one uh it just, I don't know, it, 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 it's a crime. This movie is amazing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know anything about it. Really it really is. 
So good. Yeah, it's understandable. Makes sense. What else we got? What else we got? Uh, oh, man. Wow. He's on this list twice. Uh, Lil Kin Kin. Uh, basically, it's Bruno DeMond's Twin Peaks. I think that is the best description of it. it so there, there, there's two versions of it. There, there's a mini series, which is much longer, obviously. But then there's like a three-hour ver- edited version of the movie. And, it, and I've watched both since. And it actually, to cut something down... This actually works. Not, nothing, un, nothing important is left out, and it's just like a really good kind of quirky, sometimes really dark uh, movie about this small a murder in a small French town, a series of murders in a small French town. <coughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, this is a good companion to a movie that was just on on uh, that, that that you shouted out earlier, uh, Clouds of Sils Maria. Uh, another Olivia Sayas, Kristen Stewart uh, collaboration. Same tone, kind of same energy, uh, same actors. Not, not just Kristen Stewart, but there's uh, a couple of the same actors in, in in both films. It's a great du- it's a great double feature. And it it is it is later on my list. <laughs> nice. Oh man, I like to I like to hear that. Uh, let's see. Oh, another movie just like uh, the Empty Box, uh, The Untamed. It's a um, it's a Mexican horror film directed by Carlos Regatas, his uh, former assistant, uh, his, his assistant director actually, I, I believe. It's like Possession meets The Shining meets Uncle Boon Me, and it's super creepy. And I and the best part about it is most of the creepy parts are off camera, and when like the the thing, yeah. the entity is shown. It's 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 sparse, which makes it even more scary. Marcus, Yo. I need to pull a Joe Rogan, so I'm going to run to the restroom. Do you want to talk about a couple movies? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I have some. I have a bunch. Okay, more, so, so keep 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 going. I'll on. still be talking. All right. Cool. Um, so after the Untamed, <clears throat> we have a f- movie by our our good friend, friend of the show, and just friend in life. Uh, uh, friends, uh, Mr. Patrick Horvath and Dallas Hallam. Uh, it's it's entrance. I think um, it's it's fitting that this movie was on the list is is on my list, and I'm sure it's going to come up on Scott's list uh, too. I, I I believe this is just a great horror film, and um, but it's like a horror film with a lot of realism and a lot of heart. And you should go back and listen to our episode where we had uh, Hallam and Horvath on the show, and we talked about this movie at length. Um, <clears throat> Next, we have Mother of George, which is another film that kind of flew under the radar. It's uh, just a great kind of part Shakespearean, part Greek tragedy, uh, kind of a comedy, a tragic comedy about just like the African community, specifically an African family uh, living in uh, downtown Brooklyn. It's, It's such a great film shot by Bradford Young, who, you know, obviously shot stuff like uh, most Violent Year, Arrival, but th- this is some of his, his best work as, as a cin- cinematographer. Um, oh, all right, I see we're getting into the documentaries now. Boxing Gym. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think we can do a decade list and leave off uh, Mr. Fr- Frederick Wiseman. I think this is the, his best effort of, of this decade. Next, we have Active Killing, which, um, <clears throat> you know, controversial movie, but I think due to some of its controversy... Uh, I think that's part of the reason why it's on this list. That this is another movie that's 
to some degree, unlike anything else. Oh, you're back. I was just talking about the act of killing. Yeah. And um, kind of ethically messed up, but just so interesting and kind of w- 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 one of a kind. So, uh, ah, my boy, Terrence Malick, Knight of Cups. T-Mama. Which is... <clears throat> My, which is my personal favorite Terrence Malick movie. I know it is not his best, but it is my personal favorite. And it's it's kind of the end. It kind of capped off his kind of uh, autobiographical period, which was started by Tree of Life and ended... Oh, wait. Sorry. No, it didn't end. No, because Song to Song came after. I apologize. Yeah. Never mind. Which we saw in the theaters. Although... Which we saw in the theaters. We did. <clears throat> we did. Although, in all fairness, Song to Song is more like... B-sides and greatest hits of Tree of Life to the Wonder and, and Knight of Cups, but it, it's still within that within that realm. Uh, after that, we have oh man, Alessandro Lissandro's uh, Hauha, or some people pronounce it Jauja. How high? Hauha. How high? Yes, yes, the me- yes, it's Method Man and Red Man traveling through the Argentinian landscape trying to find their daughter. But no, this is Viggo Mortensen's film where, yeah, he's trying to track down his daughter who kind of goes missing. Well, she in- she intentionally goes missing. And it's just about this journey of this, like, middle-aged man who's just, like... It's a great physical performance. And it's one of those rare physical performances where it's more just about being tired. It's not like, you know, Viggo Mortensen has to, like, fight a grizzly bear. and no, It's just about trekking. He just has to cover all these miles on foot, on a horse, and just how grueling that that, that, that can be. And it's also a beautiful, pretty movie to look at. I also just like... Final- I like that Viggo Mortensen is just like... He writes poetry and acts in movies occasionally. He seems yep. like a chill dude. <clears throat> oh, he is right, very much so. Um, ending this list, it's something that you had already brought up, but, well... For me, it's just Goon 2. I like Goon, but Goon 2 is just great. It's a movie you put put me on to. Uh, I watched it very, very, very much. I watched it a lot at the end of 2017, and it definitely belongs on this list. So, Yeah. Dude, I don't know if I told you, but mm. I, I did finally see the... Um, that actor who played Stifler in Goon... What what's his name mm-hmm. again? Oh, Sean William Scott. Sorry. So I told you Sean William Scott was in like a weird horror movie called Bloodline. You did. I watched it. Oh, and that's a fucked up movie. Oh shit! Okay. Oh, man. Really fucked up. Oh. And I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it, but it's a movie, and it's really fucked up. Damn. All right. I'll peep it. I still, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how much free time I have left now. I, I've been saying that a lot for six months, and things, things may have done changed, but for the good. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to put that on my queue, though, so I don't forget. All right, uh, what's, what's your list? What do you got? Uh, hold on one second. Um, right. Okay, so I have Hugo. Oh, wow. Uh, Martin Scorsese's Ode to Film. Yeah. 
and very much so. Um, it's him showing that he can make any type of movie he wants to. He just doesn't usually, because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I can make like a, a a film that's like appropriate for all ages, and it's a good movie. I think the thing about the this about movies is that there's so many of them that they get lost. So how do you evaluate a movie like this? And in a top ten setting, I don't think you would. Yeah. Would you agree? Sure. Yeah, you know, I said yeah. I'm it's I it's kinda it's cool that it's on your list. I'm I'm just more kinda like, eh, you know, whatever, but People who like this movie really like it. And yeah, cool. I like it. I just think it... I don't, I don't think it... I don't love it. But I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. What does... What does... Does Rob Cotto like Martin Scorsese? I don't think so. Oh, hi, Doug. <laughs> you ever smoke PCP, Marcus? Not yet. Another movie that's on this... This... Yeah, this is the strangest list. This is the one where it's like, huh... Um, is uh, Cloud Atlas, wow. directed by okay. the Wachowski sisters and Tom Tickwer. And mm-hmm. it is, I don't, how would you describe Cloud Atlas? Uh, it's like an anthology time-traveling film about love and and gender and race, kind of mish moshed in, into like one thing you know yeah it's just like it's an epic anthology film of many genres and it's weird as heck and I yeah. love it I love it and I know it's a I know it's a disaster yeah. piece it's absolutely a disaster piece but I, I, I love it it's it's when people are like, dude, like, what's a good movie from the last decade that's like, if I want, like, something strange and sci-fi, and I'm like, Cloud Atlas, done. Mm-hmm. And you're either gonna like it a lot or hate me. Sure. And that's that. Like, there's, I don't, you know, it's like, it's not like Jupiter Ascending where, like, nine out of ten people like that movie. Like, Cloud Atlas is his, there's more people that like Cloud Atlas than Jupiter Ascending. Really? Oh, I, I figured it would be the same. I mean, th- these are two movies I don't really check for or like they're, I don't they're know. fans. So, you know, I, I think, I, I'll... you know, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I, I guess what I know, I, I guess what I'm saying, I, I, I wouldn't know. I shouldn't have said anything because I wouldn't know. It's all good. Then there, then I have um, Mood Indigo. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. Which is it? What? I didn't say anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I I'm having a little bit of an issue with um connection. Oh. So I'll I'll think you're saying something and you're not. So yeah, Mood Indigo is like a Michelle Gondry movie. It's in French. It's really beautiful, and I like it. Nice. I don't have Fair. I don't have much to say about that other than that. Fair. Did I I don't know if I talked about this movie yet, but did I talk about Free State of Jones yet? 
No, no, no. Well, Free State of Jones by Gary Ross is <laughs> is is a movie that I really like. It's a movie that I get a lot of groans about. People are like, "Oh, it's another white savior movie about you know the South," and and I'm like, there are elements of it, but actually watch the movie and tell me what you think because I think it's a very good movie, and really it it's about it really shows how destructive um, capitalism is. Let me guess. You're not you're not the biggest fan of um, of Free State of Jones. I am not. That's okay. And not super personal. I just like I'm. Yeah, I can do without it. And that's all I got to got to say. Now this is another movie that you know. If I were if I were talking about this now, if I were writing this this now. I would have more things to say about it, which is Chappie. Oh, wow. Which is like art house, um, RoboCop short circuit. Yeah. Perfect description. And I really like the movie, but it's also starring Die Antwoord. And it's basically come out that, that they're not very good people. Allegedly, yeah, yeah, that's right. That 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 that's that's true. And Just that like their music. Well, I never liked their music. I I don't. Yeah, that was for people who do who who are listening that may like their music. <coughs> yeah, I, I mean, and now this is a movie that becomes a little more complicated because if with with Antwerp proving to be really problematic. And they really do take over the movie. This could be a movie where we'd be like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to watch this one. I don't know. If if you if y'all are listening and are like, you know, your views about because this is a decade list, so so we've never handled this many problematic pieces in one episode. I don't think. And it shows what can transpire within 10 years, like how you go, how one thing is fine, and then as the years go on, oh shit. Like, I think that's actually what. Well, it's not cool. Sorry, I was going to say that. It's just, it's very, it's interesting. It, it, it's observing. It's, it's, it's life. Yeah. It's interesting. So, if yeah. y'all think we're, if y'all have thoughts about how we're talking about all this stuff, you know, let us know. We, you know. So then we have um, the raid. Well, okay, cool. Just just the first one, or just I don't I didn't like the sequel. Okay, that's understandable. I love the action in the sequel, but I just think the like the story is just like this is really unnecessary and dumb. It's almost yeah. like uh, nothing. And then if you like the raid, there's also the night comes for us. Which, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Which, which I think is better than the raid because the story is the story just takes it to another level. It's got a real, it's mm-hmm. got a story to it. It's got a heart. It's got side stories. It's got, it's got many different cool characters. It's just an awesome movie. Yeah, and, and another action movie on this list is the Skin Trade. Oh wow, that's on. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, I wanted to make sure I had some action. I realized I didn't have a lot of action on this list. And these are movies right. that I just really did like. And, you know, you you put me on to the skin trade. We've talked about this movie a lot. And I just think it's a really great movie. And I wanted to make sure that I had more than one Thai director on this list, you know? That's cool. And because this director also did uh, Beautiful Boxer, which is a very good movie mm -hmm. about uh, a trans Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Of course. I don't know. We've yeah, no, we've talked about it a bunch of times, yeah. And then uh, a movie which I, you know, I got flack for putting this movie on this list when you posted this article. Uh, mm -hmm. Someone told me that because I listed this movie they didn't care about the list anymore because everything else was good but i mentioned this movie your highness okay what your oh, highness. right 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 Someone exactly that you're, you're uh, yeah i'm just i i forgot I, I forgot about that as i should have but now you reminded me like, Your Your Highness is a movie that I thought was a lot of fun, that mm -hmm. was critically panned when it came out. It's still critically panned. I don't think it's developed a cult following. No, it definitely hasn't. I think me, my friend Joshua, my friend Vito, and Aesop Rock are the only people that like this movie. <laughs> nice. And, That's a good you know, list. David Whatever, it's Gordon your list. Green, Yeah. It's my list. And also, like, if you don't like a movie on my list, it doesn't mean that the rest of the list is somehow made moot. That's really silly. You know? Tell, yeah, very childish. Yeah, just tell me. Like, and I'm also willing to talk about it. Like, maybe this movie isn't as good as I remember it. Judging from how many people dislike this movie, I, that may very well be true. But, you know. Yeah. I just remember watching this movie at a dark time in my life, and it gave me a big smile. That's all. That that that, I, that honestly, that's the reason Goon Two is on my list. L literally, that that specific reason. So, bite bite me, bite us. I pr I prefer not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So that's 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 my list of misunderstood, underappreciated stuff. And then I have, yeah. and then I have my top tier. Oh man! Oh wow! This is the all right. This is we're the big here. One. You wanna do? Do you, you wanna, wanna start? Do you want me to? Let's do one for one. Oh, okay, cool. That works. Um, though I'm starting to think, and probably tell me how you feel about this. I almost am thinking mm -hmm. that this could be a separate episode, just the top tier. Or is that, uh, or is that crazy? No, no, it's not. Because based on, like, we've given certain movies in, like, other low... I'm using air quotes, lower categories, uh, a lot of attention. And I'm just, I'm looking at, you know, I'm not going to say them. You know the, uh, wow, you know, oh, man, you know what else? Most of, at least on mine, 
haven't been mentioned yet by you, so it, it would almost be yeah, it almost would be like a fresh ep episode. Yeah, you know what, guys? Uh, and it, it, it's a whole decade. This I, so adding what what we already recorded. Look, they got like an almost three hour episode already, and we haven't even gotten yeah, to the top two. I'm making, which is I'm how calling, decade decade stuff should be. Yeah, I'm making a call, y'all. I said guys, but I meant y'all. I'm not y'all. Um, I'm making a call. I think I think we should do. Uh, a whole episode about the top tier because we're already at like two hours or something. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I could do a whole nother, like I feel like this is at least an hour. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I agree. All right. So uh, we'll see y'all next week or the week after. We'll have to figure it out where we discuss our top tier of the decade.
anyway.